Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, from a little week and a half hiatus of advice from a call center geek, the call center podcast where we give you some actionable items that you can hopefully take back to your contact center to improve your quality, to improve your agents, and hopefully improve the, the customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I'm the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a 500-seat call center BPO outsourcer located here in what is now becoming more and more spring-like uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. So welcome. If you are listening to this as maybe your first new episode after uh, Nice and Contact Interactions, I know we uh, really pushed the podcast and it seemed to be received really, really well. So please welcome. I wanted to... Uh, Give a little bit of a well. Actually, I got I got a lot to talk about today. So the first thing is, I want to tell you a little story about uh, my week last week and my out of town visit and, and to the uh, to the conference to the Nice in Contact User Conference, which you know really opened my eyes to a lot of the newer technologies that are coming out. Also, want to discuss the ICVC meeting, which is the In Contact Visionary Council meeting that I'm on. Um, that we got to sit down with the the product roadmap people, uh, Paul Jarman, the CEO of Nice and Contact, along with the chief operating officer and, and some of their high client service, or I'm sorry, uh, customer support uh, folks. So really, really insightful meeting. And I want to share some of those those takes with you as well. But to begin, I got a story for you. And I was going to dedicate the entire podcast to this but I think it ended up in an okay place, so I've decided to tone down my uh, my negative rhetoric, <laughs> I guess. Um, and I apologize; I have a little bit of a, <clears throat> a little bit of a cold going on here, so I got my deep, sexy voice today. Maybe should keep that keep this uh, for for my norm. But anyway, I flew into Las Vegas. I'm in uh, Expedia's in Erie, Pennsylvania, so we f- I fly from Erie to Chicago. I fly then ship from Chicago to Las Vegas. So I got into Las Vegas on the 14th, which is what, about 12 days ago, which was a Sunday. It's the same day that Tiger Woods uh, won the Masters. Pretty cool. But anyway, I am a, I, I like suits. I dress up. So, you know, I was going to speak. Well, I, I did speak two times at the Nice and Contact Interactions. I also gave a customer testimonial. And normally I am pretty decked out in a suit and tie. But of course, my four suits, all my pants, about six or seven dress shirts, shoes, Underwear, T-shirts, belts, everything got lost. My luggage got totally lost on somewhere between Erie, Pennsylvania and Las Vegas. So I'm going to give you my quick rundown from a customer experience standpoint of what, uh, you know what, I'm not even, you know what I am going to say there. It was United, right? It was United Airlines. Um, They ended up 
making good on it. But the the customer journey to that point was was absolutely brutal. So let's let's discuss some pain points that I went through, and maybe we can learn some things from this as well. So my first phone call or my first interaction with United Baggage happened right after about eleven o'clock Pacific time, where I dealt with the the baggage claim people. They filled out my form, you know, circled what your luggage looks like, blah blah blah, all that normal stuff. Go back to my hotel. Think I'm going to have it in a couple hours. Don't have it in a couple hours. It's now about 2 o'clock. I call the customer support. The customer support for United is for their baggage service is in India. They were very, to be honest, they were very difficult to understand. There was a definitely a difference of, of culture of, of what I thought empathy should feel like. They were very robotic. So I, I try to be extremely nice, as nice as I possibly can because, you know, I am in the industry and I kind of think of what if those were my, my customer service reps. So they did everything they could. You know, they put it out to all the airports that I was at. Sir, should should call you back. We'll call you back in a couple hours, right? Good. A couple hours happened. Never got a call back. Um, call back about 7 and 8 o'clock at night. They did the same exact thing, same exact questions. Asked me what was in my bag, what color is my bag. The cool thing is I know their, you know, their, their processes a little bit from a, just from running a call center. So I asked them to please read their memos, right? <laughs> please read your notes. And so then they finally did said, okay, sir, I do see that you went through that. You know, we'll give you a call tomorrow morning. Okay, great. Well, tomorrow morning came, never got a phone call. So once again, now it's uh, it's Monday, right? And I have a we, – we also were a sponsor at the show. So we have a happy hour to work the booth, which is kind of the kickoff to the showcase. So, again, want to be kind of dressed up for this. I don't want to wear jeans. I don't want to wear a polo shirt. I, I, you know, that's just – I don't know. It's just kind of how I do it. Called them two two times during the morning, one more time in the afternoon. Um, had no response. They have no idea where it is. Can't even tell me remotely what airport it could have been at. Asked to talk to a supervisor. Was put on hold for about 25 minutes. Uh, person comes back on, says our supervisor will call you within an hour. Never received a phone call from the supervisor. Starting to get a little frustrated. Next day, same thing, call. Really irritated. Had to do the the happy hour in my jeans. I am now speaking at three three o'clock. All I have is jeans, a t shirt or a, a polo shirt, three t shirts left, a couple boxers, and I have a pair of sneakers. So I kind of panic. Um, I go to the crystal shops in Las Vegas. I mean, if you've been to the crystal shops, and listen, I'm I'm super naive, right? When it comes to clothes, like I. I I walked in and I'm, you know, basically I'm like this guy that says, you know, what is that Louis Vuitton thing with all these bags, right? I mean, I'm exaggerating a little, but you kind of get where my uh, my naivety is, I guess, for uh, for for fashion and clothes. But every single suit in this place was like fifty eight hundred bucks. Every single store. So I mean, obviously, I can't afford fifty eight hundred dollars for a suit. So I go back to the. We stayed at the Aria. Went back to the Aria. Went to the uh, bookstore. Not the bookstore. The uh, the men's store that's there. And ended up buying a $700 blazer that was probably worth about $200. And I got a, actually a $150 pair of sneakers that I'm actually wearing now. So I'm okay with that. So I, I at least had something. So I had jeans, a polo. Um, I now have a blazer at least. And I got some, uh, you know, these sneakers that make me look like I'm a, I'm a 25, trying to be a 25-year-old in a 42-year-old body. One of those, you know, like the, the cool tech dudes who think they're cool, but they're kind of not. So that was me. So I gave my speech. It gave me some, you know, kind of some fun things to open up with. <laughs> that night, call customer service again. They again asked me, what is in my bag? 
what color is my bag, um, have no idea where it is, really getting irritated now, ask for a supervisor, get on hold for a very long time. So this goes on to now Wednesday night and, and moving now into Thursday. Call again. So I've called now about eight times, eight or nine times. I have nothing to show for it. No one's ever given me a call back. They've asked me the same questions every single time. I have no confidence that my bag is anywhere. Then I finally DM them, right? So I go on the, do the Twitter thing, and they're no help at all on Twitter. Just no empathy. I guess that's that's the biggest thing. And I, I really didn't feel like anyone was actually trying to look for my bag or help. So I'm, I'm now I'm at I'm really starting to get mad, right? And it takes me a while to get mad, especially when it comes to customer service. But when it's this bad, you know, I, I need to to do something. So of course it's now Wednesday night. And I get a text message or I get a DM from their, their social media account that says, Mr. Lair, we think we found your bag. I call into the customer support again. Yeah, Mr. Lair, we think we found your bag. It's going to be out on a flight. The flight is $23.95. I still remember it. Um, we'll have it out to you tomorrow morning. I'm super – I'm stoked, right? I'm, I'm excited. I'm like I'm apologizing for everyone for my previous behavior. If I said anything mean, you know, I really appreciate it, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, I get up early in the morning and I call back to customer support to make sure that this darn bag is on this flight because I'm leaving the next day and I'm just waiting for like my bag to fly into uh, my bag to fly into Las Vegas and then me get it and, you know, have to pay like a $50 baggage fee to get it back to Erie waiting for that. That was a joke. But anyway, so I call them in the morning and, of course, it was not my bag. So they have no idea where my bag is. They don't know. They have no clue where it is. You know, at this point, they're they're giving me, and I should have you know stayed a couple of days. Where they're going to give me fifty dollars to go rent a suit, right? Do you ever try to rent a suit? First of all, no. And second of all, do you ever try to rent a suit in Vegas? So then they got up to four hundred dollars. So I'm at four hundred bucks here, and now they're basically saying your bag's gone. So they're going to give me fifteen hundred dollars, which I found I thought was disrespectful almost because I got like four grand worth of stuff in there. So then they tell me to call Houston to their their escalated baggage group. I don't know why it's taken me four days to get to that group. So I do call them and they're basically go online, fill these forms. I'm like, you know what? You guys lost my bag. And now you're making the customer go online, go out of their way to kind of prove and to show all the stuff that they lost. It was super annoying. I I thought that that was a, that was kind of the final straw for me. So I said, fine, send me the 1500 buck plus the 400, never flying your airline again. And I'm going to dedicate my podcast and my blog to you guys. That was kind of my, my parting shot. I'm sure they were super scared. But but anyway, so I fly back to Erie Friday. So this is Good Friday, so last Friday. And uh, I talked to the baggage person in Erie who was awesome, right? And she said, Tom, can you give me two hours? Here's my personal cell phone. Give me a call back. Let me see what I can do. She goes, I'm really good at this. So I do that. And I call her back and she said, Tom, she's like, I know that this is painful. She's like, do me a favor. Go to this website on the United site. Fill out a, the, the lost bag. I know we already have it in there, but if you do it, it, it kind of adds more, I guess, emphasis to it. So I wasn't happy about it, but she was super nice. And I said, okay, thank you. And I did that. And guess what? I went out to dinner on Saturday with the family. We went to uh, TJ Fridays. I haven't seen it for, for a while. So we go to Friday. So my two, my daughter, my son, and my wife... Actually, my mother-in-law was there too. And uh, I get a call from Madison, Wisconsin. And guess what? There's my bag. So I guess my bag was a Green Bay Packer fan, wanted to go check out a Packer game. So they had my bag the whole time. 
um, the tag on it was mistagged to a Mrs. Lou. I probably shouldn't say her last name. Her last name is Lewandowski. So we think that uh, her bag was in Las Vegas and my bag was in Madison, Wisconsin. So the next day, which was Easter, I did get a delivery on Easter Sunday with my bag, with all my stuff, with the wrong tag. But still, they did, uh, you know, get that bag to me. And once it seemed like I talked to the right person, it all it all kind of worked out. So the the call center that they have set up in India is is kind of a disaster, right? It needs to be overhauled. The customer experience is terrible. The associates that they have there are not trained to, to deal with the situations at hand. That was my opinion, and that was the customer kind of viewpoint that I took from it. But when we got back to the States and you actually dealt face-to-face with the, the baggage people um, or the, the, you know, the, the assistants that, that were working at the gates, they were awesome. You know, they, they did a really good job. They really felt my pain. So, you know, United, you guys ended up on a high note for me. But, you know, that, that journey to get there was, was brutal. So while there are some good things there, I think, you know, we can all take some uh, some of those tough points of, you know, really looking at memos, right, really looking at what the customer has gone through in the past, not making them, you know, rehash all the issues, especially when, you know, it's definitely not a first call resolution um, issue and there's going to be multiple callbacks. Make sure that we're setting up and we're being proactive to talk to the customer, to call them back, whether that would be on on a social channel or that would be on a, on a voice channel. You know, there's a lot of things that I think United needs to do and to change. But when it got to their frontline troops, and I think their their most trained troops, they did a really good job. So thank you, uh, thank you for the uh, the attendance in Erie, and uh, thank you for uh, those in Madison, Wisconsin, for finding my bag. All right, that was thirteen minutes. I hope that that didn't bore you. Um, I wanted to also discuss some of the cool technology that I saw, um, and that we're going to start to be playing around with here in the next you know twelve to eighteen months on the roadmap on the nice and contact roadmap, which really is the roadmap because since they are such a leader in the space. One of the things that, you know, really was the focal point. So last year there was a, a huge focus on, you know, the chatbots and the AI when it comes to, to a self-service. And when you saw the showcase, you saw that a lot, right? So the the AI um, pieces that, that happen with, with natural speech in the IVR, the AI pieces that happen with now connecting to an Alexa, the AI pieces that you know are, are now happening with 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 the analytics, that was really the focus last year. Where this year, to me, in my opinion, it, the focus really was on on how do we maximize analytics, and that means, and I don't want to say speech analytics, but for the most part, speech analytics, but still analytics with speech, analytics with voice. I'm sorry, uh, with email and analytics with chat. Having said and, and being able to really drill down on those three, the most important thing that that nice and contact is really looking at is how do you use sentiment scoring? How do you use personality? How can we tell somebody that it's not good enough anymore just to do a skills-based routing system where we have a, maybe a higher agent, a medium agent and a newer agent and being able to route that way. But now taking someone's actual personality, taking someone's actual sentiment, whether it be positive or negative, you know, for example, you know, everybody has reps on their on their floor that are every day. They're just super nice, right? They may be a little long-winded, but they engage, they delight. And there's a specific customer that, that I think that those those can go to, especially if you have a, a customer who calls in with a negative sentiment, who's a little irritated already. You know, we can route them to somebody who has a positive sentiment who's going to try to turn that around. So that's one way to do it. But now they're taking it to the next level and actually looking at personalities. And there's certain things that we can tell from a rep level by one, 
how they talk, how they speak, how their sentiment is, the, the rate of their voice, how quickly they handle things on the phone, that you can actually develop a personality. So if someone is kind of creative or playful, if they're warm, if they're strict right to the point, right? Because there's a lot of customers that, that they don't really care about that. They just want their, their question answered as quickly as human as humanly possible. And so this is, this is called um, personality behavioral routing. And basically it's when a customer comes in and, and from, from their previous actions and from their voice that we've heard, tagging them with a specific personality trait and then routing them to the closest personality trait that we can find that's on your call center floor. That's mind-blowing. That's crazy stuff. This is the stuff really of, of science fiction of, of, of long ago. The other thing that I found really cool that's coming out is – and it's here, but it's, it's going to be, I guess, more for the people now – is voice recognition. So Nice has a product right now that's really expensive. That's an it's a premise based solution, but In Contact is now looking at some cloud based deals to where you know you can have really high end, high quality voice recognition where a customer can basically just call in, have a conversation with your associate as that conversation is happening. All of the patterns of verification are being are being kind of calculated. So the next time the customer calls in. We can authenticate them without going through that painful, can I have your social security number? What is your account number? What is your last name? What is your pet's first name? You know, all that all that you know stuff that kind of annoys the customer, especially if they're a customer that calls in a lot um, or has, you know, multiple issues like like I had. It would have been really nice if I just called in and boom, went to a rep and said, Hi, Mr. Laird, you're probably looking for your bag, but you know, this is what we have so far. Instead of me having to rehash every single thing that that I that I did. You know, some of the other things that we that we saw is, is again, really getting into the AI, um, the AI piece of things when it comes to routing, when it comes to workforce intelligence of, of how we can, you know, really look to, to route calls even today, you know, really looking at different type of service level, looking, looking at, for example, if calls come into the queue, predicting their wait time and predicting what your service level will be if no, if no new agents get brought in. And then having those agents brought in before the service level drops, those types of technologies are are kind of coming and, and are here, and are pretty exciting. We've also seen a I see a, a big change in, in workforce management and in, in the the forecasting, and how AI is having a huge effect on on WFM, and also on your um, on your QA. So the, the the theme I think is is really now trying to induce. A lot of different AI and machine learning into the processes that you're using every single day. So instead of just going out and saying, I gotta get a chatbot with AI, you're gonna start to see your daily tools that you don't even think about become much smarter, become much easier to use, and much more intuitive than than I think they have in the past. And that's really the I think the focus which was the, the focus was personal interactions elevated. And I think you know that's really what they're they're looking to do. You know, it, as we look out, you know, it, that 18-month period to, to really start to interject a lot of things into analytics and to use that big data in ways that, you know, while we can do it now with, with cool sentiment and, and looking at, you know, customer sentiment and, and agent sentiment, but how do, we, how do we route with that? How do we make the actual customer experience, you know, better? So I, I thought it was really cool. You know, we, we had a really good show, met a lot of, lot of really cool people, hopefully have a couple cli- new clients out of it as well um, in the customer service space. So... Again, I hope that, that uh, that's kind of helpful to you. I hope you enjoyed my story. Um, we will be back on track next week. 
I'm going to dig deeper again into, you know, some of this new technology and, and really talk about the the uh, behavior routing and also some of the newer things that, that we're looking to do in speech analytics because it kind of opened my mind and we're, we're playing with some things right now that I think we've had some success with. So tune in next week where we can, you know, we're going to stand more of this, this technology route. I'll try to keep my story a little shorter. But again, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Please, if you... Uh, if you can please post a review, I'd, I'd really appreciate it on whatever medium you're listening to The Geek, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, or directly from the uh, from the website. I'd really appreciate it. Also, please, we're starting to finally get some traction on the Facebook and, and Twitter accounts from Advice from a Call Center Geek, so I really appreciate that. And again, as kind of the cheap plug, we gave away about 150 to 200 um, Advice from a Call Center Geek books. If you would like your own copy, it is on Amazon. And it kind of digs deeper into some of the topics that we talk about and, and kind of gives you a play-by-play on, on on some operational things in your contact center. Again, thank you guys uh, very much. Um, I love all the following. I love all the listeners. I love all the feedback we're starting to get. And uh, look forward to uh, speaking to everybody next week. Have a great one, everyone. This has been advice from a call center geek. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the show so you're the first to hear next week's episode. Jam-packed with actionable takeaways, you can implement ASAP. Chime in with your thoughts on the episode on Twitter at from underscore geek and on Instagram at call underscore center underscore geek. Also, take a look at our contact center operations book by the same name, Advice from a Call Center Geek on Amazon. This podcast is sponsored by ExpediaUSA.com. 